With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Keisha Green, that's my lady, yo, if you can tune in, it's the way to go, educated author with major goals, I'm becoming writer, you have the place to be, it's the fourth get mentioned and it's all for free, ooh wee, and you know where's that, with Miss Green on the right side of the chat, I write with a purpose, so everything is worth it, an educated platform, something you can work with, readers, yeah, come over here, come and get the info from some of your peers, Hello, over line, yeah, we got open air, talk what you love and express what you fear, Afraid to lose, but born to win. Hey, Miss Keisha, yeah, we're trying to go win. Come on. Hello and good evening. Welcome to the Writer's Life Chat. This is Keisha Green. It's another Manic Monday, but... Besides Corona, we're going to talk to some pretty dope women tonight. This has also um, been super, super great the past couple of weeks being able to talk to so many phenomenal women. I love it, love it, love it. So we're not going to stop. And tonight I'll be chatting with Alika Melson and Precious Williams. But first up, we're going to talk to Alika Melson. Alika Melson was born and raised in the Washington, D.C., Maryland area. She is currently a member of the Life excuse me, the Life Center Church in Camp Springs, Maryland, under the direction of Pastor Jay Cameron. She works for Care First Blue Cross Blue Shield as a quality assurance auditor. She is a mentor with the I Love Me Girls Mentoring Program and currently teaches, coaches the Friendly High School flag team, which is her alma mater. Alika is a proud mother of a daughter who just graduated from high school, and as she prepares her for the next chapter in her life in college, she is now preparing herself to take on the role of being a new author. Okay, we'll see. Look. I know that me and Ali are going to have a great conversation because the fact that she's talking about um, her daughter going off to college because I have one in college, I have one that's going to be starting high school, so we can do that mom that mom bonding thing, of course. But, yes, the struggle is real. <laughs> I want y'all to know the struggle is real for us parents. Check on us. Check on our, the mothers here with daughters, please. <laughs> y'all worried about all this other stuff with corona. Check on mothers with daughters because – we are not okay. <laughs> not okay. We have some good days and some bad days, but oh, but yeah. <laughs> Let me get her on the line so we can start this show. But oh my goodness. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the Writers Life Chat. Hello, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you on this fine Monday? I am wonderful, wonderful. Thank you for that warm welcome. As I'm excited as well. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I'm like, look, I'm like, where do I want to begin? Do we want to talk about motherhood? Do we want to go straight in there? Yes, we can, honey. Because like, mm-hmm, like you said, we are not okay. The struggle is real. <laughs> and I only have one. You said you have two. Yes. <laughs> oh, girls, girls. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, they um, they are. Special. That's all I'm going to say. They are special. They are moody. They're everything. I love them to death, but yeah, mm-hmm. they, they work the nerves. <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. And mine actually graduated. I wrote that bio a little a few months ago, but she actually graduated last year in 2019. So she completed her first year of college. Um, she did community college. Awesome. And um, so she's home um, 
driving me crazy with the hormones and wanting to be out and about and not understanding that we're um, on lockdown. I mean, she comes up with something every day. Mommy, I know a girl who does nails at her house. She says she can do my nails and I'll have on a mask and I'll have on the, I'm sorry. I don't, (laughs) I don't know who else is coming to this house. So the answer is no. You tried it. No. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah, that's a struggle. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Mothers all across the world can relate to that. These daughters, yes, definitely, they try our patience. And like I was saying, I'm sure a little bit of that sprinkled into your book. It had to have, like, just for the comic relief yes, of ma'am. it all. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's jump into that. Tell us about the book. Okay, so the book is called Conquering Co-Parenting, Overcoming the Stress and Chaos that Comes with um, Co-Parenting. And um, I, I developed this book because um, pretty much from the very beginning um, of my daughter being born into this world, her dad and I, who divorced shortly after she was born, um, just never to see eye to eye. No matter how much I tried, no matter how much I tried to change, it's just he was just a very difficult person. So as the years went by, I had to learn to navigate around that because it eventually started affecting her um, in ways where she couldn't understand why um, he would make difficult decisions versus decisions that I would make. Um, And then sometimes the older she got, he would say things to her that would hurt her unintentionally, but not him not really understanding the detriments of words that can trickle down to a young lady and how it affected her. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the time she got to high school um, and I started coaching the flag team and also mentoring in a girls' mentor group and just being around young females her age or even younger, because I also used to be a Girl Scout troop leader, I saw so many families also struggling with co-parenting. And it's not a subject that mm-hmm. you see that often talked about. Um, and, and even when you do um, sometimes hear it, it's mainly talking about just the parents trying to navigate with each other and get along. But a lot of times the child gets lost in that and you have to get the necessary help to help the child get through it as well. So for me, once I realized that um, she was being affected by everything, I had to end up putting her in counseling. And it changed her life, my life, everybody's life for the great because she was really struggling. Um, She just couldn't understand some of the feelings that were coming along with the negative things within the co-parenting relationship. And honestly, most of it was coming from her father. Um, He lives, I live in Maryland, he lives in Virginia in Richmond, Virginia. So we're about a hundred miles apart. And although he was always present, he stuck to his court ordered weekends, which was every other weekend. We had scheduled holidays. That was never an issue. Child support was never an issue. It was just when she was with him, he did everything he could to change anything that I had set in place for her. And it was just Mm. a very rocky unbalanced for her. Um, And then when she was, I want to say about eight or nine, he remarried and now has two daughters, two younger daughters. Um, So that added to the equation, kind of put her in the field where she started feeling like a stepchild more so than anything, not even just to her stepmom, but to him as well. She just always felt like they got better treatment. Um, So just just the whole co-parenting thing and the the um the need to I, I, my my goal in this book is to allow readers mothers and fathers because you have co-parenting issues on both sides um is to try to prevent people from going through anything remotely close to what I went through or what some of the other stories of people um, that I uh, put in my book went through as well. Cause it's not just about my story. It's about other people who are willing to share their stories as well and to present it. And if you do find yourself in a situation with the other co-parent that just won't change, get the necessary resources and tools. Sometimes it could be, um, putting them in activities to give them a positive outlet or finding them a mentor or, like I said, getting them into therapy. Therapy is 
really a great thing for all children, especially when they're going through situations like that. No, I, I know that was a I'm listening to you. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it was good because I'm listening to you and I'm like, this this book will definitely resonate with a lot because it's just just this afternoon, my thirteen year old, we were at her grandmother's house and she was saying mm-hmm. like her father was coming over to say hi to her. And me and her father mm-hmm. been divorced seven years. And so she mm-hmm. goes, I'm so I'm thinking, like, all right, I'll leave you. Your father can bring you home. And she's like, No, I want y'all to sit here and I want y'all to talk. And, you know, ask him how he's doing. He can ask you how you're doing. You can ask him how his wife is, this, that, and the third. And I'm like, honey, we listen, we ain't about to do all that. (laughs) But I told you. Awkward. I'm like, I had to sit there and explain to her, like, listen, we don't hate each other. We, um, but we're not friends like that, you know. We're not, I don't. I'm not going to ask him about his wife. I'm sorry. I don't care what anyone says. I'm not hating. I'm just not interested. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you want me to do here? We were married. We're divorced. We've moved on. That's it. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, bless her little little 13-year-old heart. And she's like... (laughs) thinking, like, this is going to be cool, you know, like, you know, we should just all sit down as a family and, you know, hang out. Who hanging out? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it's so That's funny, so- <laughs> it's so funny you mentioned that because you said she's 13, and 13 is middle school, correct? Yeah, she's that middle graduating school yeah. yeah, and middle school was mm-hmm. really my toughest years with my daughter. I mean, um, because, for one, they're going through their hormonal changes. Um, you know, that mm-hmm. transition from elementary to middle and then getting to know new friends, new classroom um, requirements where they, you know, just not, um, they're not in just one class. They have several classes. So they get in access to a whole lot of things and those hormones take over. And that was, that was really around the time when I had to put her in counseling because she did not understand why daddy was being so harsh with some of his decisions because I really believe in my heart and I can't speak for him, but I, a lot of his issues were because he was having a hard time with her growing up and realizing that Mm -hmm. she was changing into an age appropriate young lady. And he still would see her as this little girl and would try to treat her like that. And he did not adjust to the age changes. Um, And it affected her Mm. really, really bad. So um, wow. counseling was great. She, to this day, she still sees her counselor because um, she still right. has a rocky relationship with him. And it's because he is um, he, he doesn't allow her to have a voice. It's like, I'm your parent. You don't fuss at me. You do what I say and say as I do. And that's really mm. the strictness of his entire household. And one of the greatest things that she learned in therapy through the years was, um, she loves her father. He, she adores him, and he adores her. He loves her dearly. It, it's no doubt about that. Um, he just right. doesn't understand that whole female path and what a young daughter really, really needs sometimes, and she mm-hmm. just wants to be heard. Um, but what she learned was he's not a bad person. He's just broken. He's broken because of unresolved mm-hmm. issues from him. And so um, through mm-hmm. myself, yeah, <laughs> through myself and with the counselor, we had to get her to understand this is not your fault. You know, he, you have to embrace him for who he is and love him for who he is because if he changes, that's going to be on him, not because of anything you say or do. Right. So all of that. Wow. <laughs> that, that, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. This is, this is so awesome because I think that a lot of moms, you know, parents will be able to, um, really appreciate this because this is real. This is not, this is, this is going on in a lot of households and mine. Um, I totally yeah. understand exactly what you're talking about because, you know, I couldn't say to her, cause mind you, I'm sitting there and it's me, her grandmother and her before her father arrived, but I can't say in front of the grandmother cause right. I want to be, I was taught to, you know, respect my elders, but I, I can't exactly. really say like, you know what, if your father would address some of the issues he had as a child with his parents, you know, then you know, perhaps things would be a little different. So I just got to sit there and I, try, I wonder why he's such a, or whatever. I, I'm trying to find a nice word. I wonder why he's so yeah, difficult. I yeah. wonder 
difficult. Yeah, so it's like you can't really say these things, and you're looking at it like, uh, okay, if she would get counseling. <laughs> I mean, because he, he'll, he'll mm-hmm. suggest it. Like, you know, she needs to go to mm-hmm. counseling. And I'm sitting here like, bro, you need to be there first. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep, yes, yes, yes. And that quote is, is, you know, that's probably the biggest quote in my book is about that hurt people, hurt people, because that's really what it's all about. And even it's though, when, um, yeah, even though our divorce um, had nothing to do with her, we she we were actually separated when she was conceived. We were good friends then, um, but something just shifted in him after she was born, and he no longer wanted to be married. We didn't have any grounds for divorce. It wasn't any type of infidelity or anything. We were just young. He just did not want to work on the marriage, so he filed for divorce, right. and I and I did not fight him on it at all. I let him go, and um, I don't know if that had a lot to do with it because some men really want you to chase them. And yep. I wasn't about to do that. I moved on and I moved back. I, I lived in Richmond at the time, so I moved back home to Maryland. And that's really when things got really um, crazy. And he just, he never seemed to have a happy medium with me, um, no matter what I tried. And I really did go above and beyond to try to make things at least amicable between us when we exchanged her. But it just, he just has a... um a hollow heart when it comes to me and I don't know why and I stopped caring why. Um, and then like you were saying, you know, you have to watch what you say because you don't want to say this and that. Just keep, keep staying silent because they will see themselves. My daughter started seeing stuff before I had to say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she will come to me and come to her counselor and be like, you know what? Daddy's really not a nice person. He's being mean about this and he's being, and she, you know, they discovered on them on their own, and then you just help them navigate through those feelings again to help them embrace them for who they are, because you can't change people. True indeed, true so. indeed, and um, I think that's super important that you know you do just be there to have that that ear to listen. You know, it's because I think though with the hormones it goes up and down, so you don't know what personality you're getting anyway. So it's like Absolutely. you know you want to take it take it all in. So now Mm -hmm. you mentioned this about the book. So was that the real premise? Like, okay, I think that I can help others or was it therapy for yourself to write this book? Um, It was a little bit of both. It started out being a strictly a guide to help prevent others from going through it. But then as I started writing it and going through and reliving some of the memories, it became very therapeutic for me as well. Um, but I, I, because I didn't want it to be a one-sided book with just talking about the negative impacts that I had or other people had, I also balance it with the good story. You know, the, the, the couples that had the co-parenting couples that had that great relationship. Um, and, and I talked to a lot of fathers that I interviewed and, and how they viewed their, uh, children's mother, um, in a positive manner, no matter them being together or not. And so that helps balance the book. So it was very therapeutic for me. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. So now were you nervous at any point about the content on writing this book? Like, okay, do I be, tra- you know, should I be transparent or should I just keep it generic were you afraid of judgment? That was the most difficult part and probably the reason why I procrastinated as much as I did because and 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 I still have the opportunity to go back and edit some stuff because the judgment is very near and dear to me because I don't like to put I, you know, I don't like to tip people's business industry, which I'm not trying to do, but at the same time some people who don't know me may judge me like, well, why didn't you try this or why didn't you? So, yeah, the judgment was very, very difficult to get past. And it even at times would have me go back and try to say things a little differently. Um, but then there mm-hmm. were some things where I just could not fathom anything other than the truth about it. it this is what he said. <laughs> it's, it, I'm, I'm not going to fabricate this this is what he said, this is what he did, and this is how it made our daughter feel. Um, And then I'm also was protective of her 
because again, she okay. she's nineteen now. She just turned nineteen, but um, because like I said, she still has a relationship with her father. It's just not as close as she would like it to be, but they still communicate. And um, before the pandemic, you know, she would still see him even once the visitation order was up at when she turned 18, she was to go and visit him. So I had to make sure that this was not going to affect her in any way, because I know that once they get wind of this book, meaning him, his wife and the whole family, there may be some backlash mm-hmm. on her, her part. Um, but I was able to sit her down um, and, and, and talk her through it and let her know this is my story, my truth. Um, some of the things that okay. I'm sharing is your story and your truth. And I'm only bringing this mm-hmm. to light to to have a positive impact on other people. So nobody has to, they can choose to not go through what you went through. And that made it a little mm-hmm. easier. But it was very hard, very, very hard. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. I know, like, you want to live a life with no regrets. Do you regret not too much the content or, you know, any of that, but do you um, think that, have a regret in the sense of maybe I should have did this sooner or is it the time was now? Um, It's funny you ask that because the, the first time I had this drop in my spirit to actually write about this was when she was actually still in elementary school, like late elementary school. Um, and I was, at the time I was a Girl Scout leader. And I had three families that had some crazy situations with their co-parents. Um, and it wasn't always on the um, the daddy side. I had some mothers that were just like, are you serious? Um, <laughs> I even had to go to court for one particular couple because they, when they first joined the troop, they were going through a divorce. And by the time that they were finished, their file was so thick because they detailed so much involving this one little girl. Um, and so the father would look for ways to try to get back at this mother, and he would take her to court for the craziest things. And I went through that myself. So um, I was getting ready to have surgery back then, and I knew I was going to have some downtime. And God spoke to my spirit, you need to write this book on co-parenting. And after mm. my surgery, I ended up having some, some complications, and the book just kind of went out the window. And and a couple of years later, I started revisiting it. Um, after I was no longer a Girl Scout troop leader and became a mentor, I started seeing girls being affected in this mentor group by um, parents who weren't getting along. So it kept coming to me and kept coming to me. But I honestly believe once I decided to do it, it was the perfect time because I hadn't finished going through some of the processes yet. Um, I literally okay. started writing this immediately after my daughter graduated, not even intentionally, but the opportunity came, everything was set in place. And I knew at that point that it was God telling me now is the time. Okay. Wow. So now I how do you have feel? any regrets? <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel very relieved. Um, and even though the, some fear still creeps up here and there, that's going to always be because that's that's of anything you do in life, um, and especially when you have when you're having a positive impact on people's lives. Of course, the fear is going to come in, and you question yourself, you judge yourself, and but the overall impact, as long as it's positive, and is I have to look at it as at the end of the day, if this is going to save just one child from having to go through a bunch of unnecessary drama because two parents can't get along, then my job is done. Okay. Wow. So what's next? Um, well, I, um, I've been toying back and forth with that um, because I do believe that once, once the book is released and, and I believe it's going to do well, but I think I need to take it to another level because this is something that needs to be discussed in school systems. Um, I mean, too many times, (laughs) you know, I I look back on times when I've gone to like PTA meetings and you see one parent come in and you see the other parent and they make it obvious that they got some tension between them. And, 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanna, I wanna start just doing like some type of maybe blogs or blogs, and um, I'm I'm just really kind of in the experimental stage stage of trying to figure out what next. But it definitely has to be a what next because, um, it it it's it's something that has to be ongoing in order to keep healing our communities. It's it's too important for it to not be within the communities. Um, right. I do plans. I do plan to write um, a sequel to it, um, co-parenting through the eyes of a child, mm-hmm. because I've um, I've I've bonded with a lot of my daughter's friends and um, you know some of the flag team members and just a lot of the young ladies in high. And as I see them growing up, you know they kind of come to me and talk to me about things that they can't always talk to their parents about, and a lot of the things that they struggle with are things that they grew up with, with the co-parents and things. So I want to talk to them and get them to open up so that they can share with the community. And so then younger children can be like, that's something that I aspire to not, you know, have to go through. And then they can just kind of help each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. I see um, like with what you're saying, like blogs and everything, but definitely where you said speaking, um, Definitely speaking events, I could see that because this is something that they should, um, kids should be exposed to and know, you know, the feelings that they're going through. It's normal. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not the only one who, you know, this is the parents go through a divorce or separation and what have you. You know, this is, these are the things that they need to know because they they start to feel bad. I know, like, for my daughter, my oldest daughter, mm-hmm. it was like she blamed herself, like, oh, it's your fault, you know, like her fault that this was happening. And it's like, no, oh, it's wow. not, you know. You yeah. know, it's not. Yeah. It's, I, you know, but I just want my family back. I want, you know, my mom and my dad. And it's just like, okay, well, unfortunately, that's not what the reality is going to be. And so now we have to mm-hmm. co-parent. And I want to say mm-hmm. that it's very hard to co-parent when you are not dealing with two adults. Let me say that. Yes, it's hard to co-parent. <laughs> um, it's very hard Ooh, to co-parent when there's only one adult there. Um, yes, indeed. And that in itself will work your nerves, and I'm going to be the first one to say it. Um, there's plenty of times when I want to throw in a towel, like, listen, listen, we, mm-hmm. this, this is what we're not going to do here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely like, been like, there. I was like, okay. <laughs> I ain't yes. one decree. I don't, we, we good. Why are you still talking? <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. And you know, <laughs> so um, I think ironically, this is a good thing for everyone. <laughs> yes, it really is. It really is. And then, um, I, I sometimes I, I wish, like, ironically today, um, when I saw Wayne Brady on a talk show and. Um, evidently he he's divorced and he's like really good friends with his ex wife and her new husband. And they co parent uh-huh. together. They still have, do business and stuff together and they have this wonderful relationship and so that's what they were on the show talking about. And that's something that I always longed for because it's so it makes such a difference to the child. It's so what mommy and daddy are not together anymore. There is no reason why two people who made a child should not be able to get along and coexist in a relationship in positive ways. It's, it's, but like you said, when you are the only adult in that relationship and the other person is acting younger than the child at times, it's really, really mm. difficult. It's really right. difficult. Yeah. Um, I, it's, yeah, again, you need two adults. <laughs> Yes, Lord. As long as you got, as long as you got two adults, everything will be fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let me yep. ask you: um, <laughs> how, can, how can people stay in contact with you? <laughs> um, I am in the process of developing my website now. My website should be up in the next. I would say too much because um, I'm trying to perfect it and trying to come up with the name right now. Um, people can reach me on Facebook at Alika Melson. Um, that's my whole name. Or my 
email address is melsonalika at AOL.com. Yes, I still have AOL. People joke me all the time. I was time. just about to say something, Alika. <laughs> I was, I was, I was. I said, is she really, really doing AOL in 2020? But okay. No judgment. Yes, ma'am. I, <laughs> I get it all the time, all the time. <laughs> But that's going oh to change once my book <laughs> And the, the crazy thing is I had Gmail, but I never used it. I never gave it out. I guess because uh, I, I have, I sometimes get a little caught up in change. And, you know, while if it ain't broke, okay. don't fix it. That's kind of been my motto. Gotcha. But everybody's like, no, 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 you need to fix that. <laughs> so, She, you know, we were talking on the phone and she said, it's time. 
And I'm thinking no book's going to change my life. I was so wrong. I was so wrong because there were so many women who were hungry for this. And, and the title mm. was to excite them and get them to see this is you. So you've been hiding behind fear, right. worry, and doubt. You're already successful. But this is what you need to take it to the next level. Mm. Ooh. Okay, so now many will ask, well, what's the next level and how do I get there? So the next level, we, we have a lot of successful women of color and just women, period. But when they're yes, ready to go into a new realm or when they're ready to go into or when they're going into transition, I'm a former attorney. And I have to tell you, I kept putting my, I kept my foot in the legal field until that foot was no longer welcome there because I was afraid. What if, what if going into entrepreneurship doesn't work out? You know, I can always go back to the law, but let's say people didn't like it. You know, I was an award-winning attorney. You know, and I was kicking butt in the courtroom, but I, I, the, spending 40 years going to court just didn't, it wasn't appetizing to me. And I was 327 pounds. I was dating a very famous Hollywood actor at the time. And the way he made me feel about myself is how I wanted a lot. I wanted so many women to feel that way. And I didn't have to be thin, and I didn't have to be a stick figure, and I didn't have to, I was just me, and he liked it. And he always said the perfect fit is what got me. And I'm like, all right, you know, I would love for you to say I was beautiful too, but we're not going to address that issue right now. So at the end of the day, (laughs) when I started my career as as a killer pitch master, I didn't know how far it would take me. And I look back okay. and I'm like, you know what, had that relationship not happened, this book would never have occurred. If I didn't win 13, if I wasn't a 13-time national champion at pitching, this book would never have occurred. Mm. Because Robert Townsend okay. and MC Light gave me the title of the killer pitchmaster at the, at, the, uh, at, Black, at the Black Enterprise Elevator Pitch Competition in Columbus, Ohio, on mm-hmm. May 16, 2013. Oh. Go, girl. Go, go, go. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So now with this, do you feel pressure because it's like I got this title, like I got to live up to it. Um, I don't want to let yes, me down. Very much so. Very <laughs> much so. Very much so. Very much so. I, it was keeping me from, you know, getting, doing the second book. I said, you know, I said, now I understand how uh, artists feel. I, I now understand because if it if it if you pop off the first time, can you match it or go higher? And that's why mm-hmm. having someone like Sharama and the Pen Legacy family, they constantly encourage me. Like, did I ever think that my book would be reviewed by Forbes magazine? No, I did not. My first with a mm-hmm. title like this that everybody kept telling. A lot of people said the title isn't right. Right, call it the art of the killer pitch. I said no one's going to pick up that book. I wouldn't even pick up that book. Why not? But bad bitches. And, no, because I think, I think the art of the killer pitch, I think it's cute, but my brand isn't cute. It's, it's forward. It's in your face. It's unapologetic. And the art of the killer pitch, is, mm. as I said, it's cute. But when you think of a bad bitch with a power pitch, first of all, the way it flows is, is popping. It's just popping. And so it's going to attract a Listen, certain type of woman. Said it, I said, ooh. I'm looking, you just said it, I'm just sitting here like, okay, ow. First of all, listen, so Sharon heard it first. You know, she heard it first, and she, you know, she gave me a deadline, and listen, I was scared. I was like, you know, listen, and you know what it was? I'm a speaker. I'm an international professional speaker. I did not think I could really write a book. I was like, you know, and I tried it. It wasn't working. But when you have someone like her that guides your process, you know, because I hired her as my book coach first. And she whipped me in the shape because the little the outline I had it was so ridiculous. I'm I'm ashamed, I'm, I'm ashamed, but I want people to know that you want to have someone who's done it before and successfully, someone who's a playwright, right. someone who's written. You know, how do you sell ten thousand books in a day? Like who does that? That's what my coach did. My coach, I went to her Broadway right. play, and she black, and she did it, and I was there, and so I, I believed in her and I trusted her. And not only did she, everything she said would happen, did, and more. Mm. And with a title like that, you know, we, we live in, for some of us, we're told, like, respectability politics. Like, I, I have to just appear professional all the time. I have to, you know, be this way and be that way. Well, that's not what she wants us to be as authors. She wants us to be authentically ourselves and to have the permission to position ourselves into our own lane. And when she gave me the permission mm-hmm. that to write this book in my own lane now, and one book can really change your life. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you can believe it, and listen, <laughs> fat meat is greasy. Trust me, believe that, because that's how true it is. <laughs> fat meat is greasy. I promise you that. So if you don't want to believe the truth, let me just drop it. Let me drop it. Let me drop bombs on you real quick. And the reason why it's called Bad Bitches and Power Fishes, yes, I love I love the title. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rock with it forever. I'm going to rock with it. Mm-hmm. It's because it's really the beginning of a movement of women who are tired of being in a box, who are tired. Like, I'm 41 years old. I used to think being in your 20s and 30s was going to be cool. Girl, when I hit 40, stop playing with me. No, because this things is where became it's so at, real. This is where it's at. <laughs> it is so this where is it's where at. It's you know, and I, I'm not afraid <laughs> of being 41. In fact, you know, this year, you know, on my 41st birthday, I was speaking at Microsoft. Then in February, mm-hmm. I spoke at LinkedIn conference. Like, who does that? Uh, December, mm-hmm. I spoke. I was the pitch coach for Google. Think about that. I'm a black girl from the inner city of St. Louis, Missouri. I was always told I couldn't do it. And then you have a, a, a black mm-hmm. woman like Sharon Monet. And the pen, and me and Sharon go back to 2015 when she wrote an article on me as a June 2015 Entrepreneur of the Month for CNN. That's how long I've known her. And wow. then for her to come back into my life when everybody, you know, I, I went to go visit, you know, the the those um, big name publishing houses. But the truth is, who's gonna rock with you? Who gonna who gonna give you? Who gonna school you on the game? And so, am I professional? Of course I am. But people people know that they're getting the real me now. Before I thought I had to be perfect, old, every hair in place. And what I realized when I came out of a very dark place is people just want the real now. I can I, I can try yeah. and pretend like you know have the the flat tummy and the big boot like. People ain't really trying to hear that. They really aren't. It's they're, cute they're to over look at, it. but it's they're not something to be it. with. Over it. So when you say I'm a bad bitch with a power, when I walk into networking events, I, I kid you not, <laughs> whether I'm teaching, what, no matter where I am, I could be at LinkedIn, I could be at Microsoft, I could be at Google. They have never told me not to say the word, uh, the name of my book. In fact, they're like, bring them, bring the book. So, you know, when I was at LinkedIn and I, I gave my presentation and I got a standing ovation, I stood there. I stood there because all I could think of is what Sharon Monet said. This is it. This is your time. Mm-hmm. And before I walked out the door, because I had to cry, because I was like, I'm the only one who got to stand in ovation here. This is crazy to me. I'm walking mm-hmm. out crying, and women were stealing my book from me. One woman gave me $100 for one book. That's the power of when you're creating a movement. And she saw that in me yep. in 2015 and manifested itself in 2019. So when I tell you, you know, she probably felt like, dang, she keep bringing my name up. I'm going to keep bringing your name up because I want you to truly have all the respect <laughs> in the world for me. Because you gave me the courage to name this, to, to really put this out there, and people are still going crazy about it. In fact, um, a, a guy named Jason last week, he bought the book, took a picture, uploaded it to Facebook, sent me the picture, and I said, I'm posting this. I and, and I posted it because it's different from women buying it. This man had to get the book. Right, right, Then right. later on, later on, like Friday night, I got a, a message on Facebook. This woman told me that her 10-year-old, child, her 10-year-old son is reading my book. And I had to think about that. I said, I said you know what the title is? She said, mm-hmm, and? Oh, okay, you know, I just want to make sure we're clear. She said, this book is great for anyone. She said, I know you wrote it for women. She said, but my son had to read this book, and he read it. And he gets it because he, he wants to start a, a gaming company. And that is just the most mm. beautiful thing to hear. This book has brought me more visibility than I've ever had in my life. I was training a group. That I is, trained, I I trained Microsoft last week. Yeah, like yeah, she did. This uh, is what it's about. Because people say, oh, you know, write a book or whatever. I didn't want to write it for the joy of writing. That's, are you serious? I want to write it because I want <laughs> it to be in the hands of every woman who, who, who's, who fits my vibe. Every woman who fits my mm-hmm. vibe should have this book. And the ones that don't, oh it's all goodness. good. It's all good. Your time hasn't come yet. Right. But when you hit your 40s and 50s and you're not about that trying to tell people how to fit in a box, listen, as women of color, as women, period, it's time to get out of that box. I'm tired of it. Um, I have the passion, the energy, and intensity. I will, I'll be the firefighter and I'll go in first. I'll take the, the, the slings and the arrows. At the end of the day, it's not even about me anymore. It's about the people who come behind me. And if you see me do my thing, then you know you can do yours. And as the great Ty Goodwin said, until you step into your purpose, another woman can't step into hers. So I fully stepped into my mm. purpose. And and the only reason I, I am where I am is literally 
because of Sharon Monet and the Penn Legacy family. Every time I see them coming out with a book, I'm just like killing the game, just killing the game. Seeing a billboard in Times Square and just going crazy. Like, oh, right, I can't right. get what I wanted at five years old. Right, right. No, it's I'm listening to you in the passion and conviction as you're describing all of this. And for me, oh, my goodness, me and Sharon, you figure when I interviewed her, she had one book and she was signed to a publisher. One book, mm-hmm. first book. And here she is. Here she is now. And it's like I'm looking at it like, holy freaking smokes, look at her go. And, you know, I'm someone who believes in failure is not an option and Looking at her with Penn Legacy, that's what it was. For anyone who said no, she was going to create a yes, and that's what she did. And everyone that I have spoke to who has done business with her, um, whatever, they have nothing but wonderful things to say about her. And, it, you know, you don't hear any of those bad stories because I've been in this literary industry for 14 years, and I've heard some Ooh. horror stories about a publisher who done did the wrong mm-hmm. or sold or did everything so to have so many people come under her that have no horror stories, but can I just say this, when I talk to the people that are under this pen legacy, they're well-spoken, they're articulate, and they understand the power of their voice. This is a place for you to sell yourself because the listeners don't know, you know, so you have to, you have to sell it. And talking to you, like you're the pitch queen, so you already know. But just her, she's just training so many others to do wonderful things. So you know you can't give her enough props because it it is what it is. You know. Like I said, you can't play the games thing. with her. You can't play games. So you can't play games with someone who's schooled in the game. That's what I'm saying. Like you can't. Right. Like I, I, I thought I knew some things. Like I'm a pitch master. But I am not a publisher, and I didn't. I never wrote a book before, so I can't. Like all she could do was school me in the game. All she could do was school me, because I was just like, that's not what you're gonna get at big publishing houses, and you will probably be made to feel like a cog in the wheel. But I am a part of something greater, and right. I, I'm a part of something that that is big and growing. And I'm so proud to be associated with the Penn Legacy family. And I just, I, I think everyone should, you know, take advantage of it because there, there's a reason why the person who was there for you in the beginning will have your back versus the person who's the new friend. You know what I mean? New friends I've gotten right. because of this book. I'm like, yo, I'm not, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool with that. I'm cool. <laughs> but I'm going to rock with her to the end. And I, and I remember when I called her and I said, right. oh, Forbes magazine, Forbes has a book uh, publishing session. They want to publish my next book. I knew I wasn't going nowhere. I knew I wasn't going nowhere. You got me to the mountaintop. We're going higher. We're going to keep going higher. Wow. Oh, my goodness. So now you mentioned that the writing the book, it wasn't the the best process of things, like where, okay, writing, as a writer, it's like, oh, do I have to? But, you know, you want to get the story out. What did you learn, though, through that process? I learned, I had to relearn a lesson from when I was in law school. You can't, when you're in college, you may be able to create brilliance in the middle of the night. When you're talking about something that's longer form, you can't write it overnight. It's a process, and you need guidance. You need someone who's been there before. And you need someone who can look over an outline because my problem was I can't I, – I didn't know how to just write. I can write pictures all day in my sleep. But to write something long form, there needs to be an outline. And it and, and when I showed her mine, she she broke it down so good. She was like, okay, here's your second and third book right there. She said, you have too much in here. And she broke it down. And then, all <laughs> I got, and then I just started – and then I just started writing. And it was beautiful. And let me tell you something. She lit a fire in me because she told me I only had two and a half months. Because she said somebody else was going to write this book. Oh, mm-hmm. hell no. No, 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 ma'am. This is my book, and I'm going hard. And she schools us like um, like Tony, like Tony Moore uh, on Penn Legacy, the, um, the attorney for Penn Legacy. You know, you need to have your stuff copyrighted. You need to have things trademarked. And I remember one day she, you know, Sharon Monet was like, I see that you're trademarked. You're, you're, you, you put in for your trademark. I was like, yeah. She's like, oh, you're listening. And I was like, yeah. You know, some things may pass yes, me by, but that she's like, she said, "This is your movement. This is this is your brand. Protect it now, because some, there are people who are coming." And so, the greatest mm-hmm. thing is, 
you have to get with someone who's done it successfully. I don't mean people who just write a book and sell three copies. I mean someone who's sold and sold and sold and still schooled up on what's going on in the publishing world. She gives us tips like, hey, everybody's at home now, so people are going to start writing books, and the market can be oversaturated. That's why you need to keep your audience anticipating something. And she was right. And the truth is I was scared to write the second book. Yeah. Let's be clear. I was scared because I said, I can't do it. I can't do it. I got, I got, I got writer's block. I, I, and she wasn't trying to do that at all. And then being able to refreshingly tell her, I may not be scared to get on stage. I'm not afraid to be on television. I'm not afraid to be in film. The writing process for me is scary because I don't want to flop after success. Mm. I can like, understand like, that. It, it is yeah. some pressure to it. It is pressure. pressure. And I remember when my book debuted, uh, my uh, Ty Goodwin, she hit me up and she said, your book is number one. Now, you would have thought if it's the debut of my book that I'd be looking, I wasn't. I was too afraid. I just stayed at number one, and I couldn't believe it. And I was like, I have a bestseller. And I know that... You know, but it wasn't a bestseller for an hour. It was a bestseller, and it just made me so happy because I was a bestseller in multiple categories. And how do I know right, that? Right. Because my, my coach my coach and my publisher, she put me on game. She was telling me, she schooled me in the game. And so that's why I want people to know who you, who you surround yourself with really matters and who you are is so much more important than what you do. People may love that I'm the killer pitch master, but they also like that I'm down to earth, and they love the fact that I have been through some things. Mm-hmm. At 41, I have been through it, so I'm not gonna give you something I ain't been through. I'm not, as my cousin, the former, the former pimp and drug dealer used to say, I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. Okay. <laughs> no, that's definitely. I think people. People will gravitate towards you if you're genuine, if you're real, because we're so fed up with the gimmick. Like we've been being force-fed the gimmick for so long that we, you know, we want to embrace what is real. I said something today on, I asked a question today on Facebook asking ladies, when did you fall in love with yourself? Not just the outside, Mm. the inside. And and Mm. that part of it is embracing your flaws and all. And sadly enough, a lot of, you know, there were some people who it took, it it just happened for them. A lot of us, a majority of us who were answering, it happened after a a breakup, you know. And then the reality, the also the brutal reality was, wow, no one ever told me that I was beautiful. My mom didn't tell me that I was beautiful. I I'm trying to sit here and think, like, you know, as I'm reading this, I'm reading the people's posts and the comments, I'm thinking to myself, like, wow, my mom never told me that I was beautiful. Growing up, you know, I got the the different compliments, oh, you're pretty for a dark-skinned girl. You know, you already know. Tall. You already tall. know. I'm like, listen, okay? So mm-hmm. now I'm embracing all of that. So people want their genuine self, and I feel like, you know, what you're saying, I can definitely resonate for me, is because when I stop trying to fit into that mold and just be Keisha, everything else, all the doors started opening and things started happening for me. But as long as I wasn't being true to self, it was a gimmick. It was a gimmick. Like, I, I remember there's a, there's a, I have a beautiful entrepreneurial friend, and, and we once went to, I think we went to dinner, like, even last year or the year before last. And she said, Precious, I could never connect with you before because you were so robotic. It was all about achievements for you. And what I didn't, what I was scared to tell her was because that's the only thing I had. I wasn't, I never thought I was pretty. I, I, I never thought that I could, I never thought that. So I had to develop a personality because if it was on looks, I would never get anywhere. And it's funny. The older I get, the more love I get, the more genuine love I get from men and from women. And they're like, oh, you're so mm-hmm. pretty. And I'm like, that's, uh, you, you know how you just, when you're not used to hearing it, you just kind of like, oh, I don't know if I feel it. But when I put on my, my bad bitch and power bitch cape, yeah, I'm capping for myself. I'm capping for myself. <laughs> I'm capping for my lady. You know, I wrote a poem in here. I wrote a poem in here, and then I wrote a poem for Mother's Day that I sent out to um, some people, and I said, you know, I don't speak for the ones who want to be perfect. I want to speak for – I speak for those who are beautifully human. Mm. 
and I speak for those women who they may have a little extra weight on them. They may they may never have been told that they were beautiful, not realizing that the reason why people didn't tell them that they weren't beautiful is because people were scared to tell them. Mm. Or just because they didn't see it. Like, I'm from St. Louis, you know, so I grew up hearing that I'm ugly and all this kind of stuff, you know, and I look back now, and as painful as it is, the most beautiful thing came from it because what was inside was more beautiful than the outside. And now the inside and the outside finally match. And so there you go. it took courage. <laughs> yeah, it took courage to be 327 pounds and get on stage and kill it. It took a lot of courage and a lot of guts when people were laughing and saying, oh, she's going to talk about food. And I was slaughter, I was slaughter them on stage. And I was like, that takes rock star confidence because everybody's going to put me out and say I'm not good enough. And so in writing this book, it was cathartic for me because it was putting my, my story out there, and not as a memoir, but to share with other women that I've been through what you've been through. And so if you think mm-hmm. it's over, baby girl, it's just begun. Just not. Oh, my goodness. This is awesome. Well, Precious, I want them to know how they can stay in touch with you because you have, you have a lot going on. I do. I do. So um, what would you like? Would you like my social media handles? Or, yeah, uh, your social media and your website. Okay. So my website is com, And that's pitches, P-I-T-C-H-E-S, perfectpitchesbyprecious.com. And on Facebook, I am at perfectpitchp. On Twitter, I'm twitter.com slash perfectpitchp. On Instagram, it's Instagram, www.instagram.com slash perfectpitchesp. On LinkedIn, yeah, get at me and all of this because you're going to get a lot of love. And you're going to get a lot of, <laughs> a lot of things that's going to make you question your life. I'm going to snatch your wig, get, get your life. Um, on LinkedIn, I am Precious L. Williams, Killer Pitch Master. And let me just say this. When it comes to pitching, <laughs> It, I, it's not a game to me. This is fun. Like, I, I love pitching. And when you see my little LinkedIn profile, you'll see why. You know what I mean? I've had people reach out to me today like, I love your profile. Like, you're so in your face. I'm like, why wouldn't I be? I don't have time anymore. I'm 41 years old. It's not a, I'm, not, I'm not here to be cute. I'm, I'm here to make a difference, and I'm here to stand out. And I want every woman who's ever felt rejected, dismissed, ignored to know you, my dears, are a prime candidate to be a bad bitch with a power pitch because you got something to prove, not to them, but to yourself, that everything you ever thought about yourself was true. You buried it Ooh. because society told you to bury it. But I'm telling you, everything you ever wanted is come, will come to pass now because you paid the cost now. You paid the ultimate cost of doing what everybody tells you to do. Now step into your greatness, permission to position yourself now. And a, and a bad bitch will take you so far in life. That power bitch will, will open doors you, you thought were closed. The people who dissed you before will be kissing you now. And you'll know, you know the difference. Success changes everything. Right. And so, again, right. I want to thank Sharon Monet, the Pin Legacy family, my girl Kenyatta, my girl Tanisha. I want to thank my girl Tony Moore. I want to thank all of us at the Pin Legacy family. I want to thank Keisha Green. I want to thank everybody. I want to thank Aleka <laughs> Melson. I want to thank everybody because I didn't get here by myself, and I won't go out of here by myself. So, bad bitches and power well, bitches. You. It can be purchased on precious. Walmart. Yeah, thank you. No, this was definitely good. Like, people, if they're just tuning in, they missed it, but they can catch the, you know, the rebroadcast um, of it. I'm putting it out here on Twitter now as well. But thank you, Precious, so much for taking time to sit over here at the Writer's Life Chat. You are welcome back. We can talk again. Um, oh, you know, you know I'll come back. Shout you out. know, I'll come back. Oh, my- no, mm-hmm. definitely. Definitely. And, Sharon. Girl, you are you, you are a gem. You are such a gem. But I want to thank everyone she, you for know tuning she in. You know she knows. You know she knows. Right, 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 right. She knows it. She knows you know she you knows. Never, you can never stop telling someone something like that. So, yes, yeah, Sharon, you know you are all that in the bag of chips, girl. And Precious, keep what? doing what you're doing. Keep, keep you. doing what you're doing. Don't stop. Thank Don't you. stop. But thank you all for listening. And that is it. We're out of here. Good night, everyone. We're out of here. We are out of here.
So thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back in a couple of weeks on the Writers Life Chat. I had a great time with Precious Williams and with Alika Nelson. Please, if you missed it, check out the archives. We have a great time on the Writers Life Chat because it is the right spot on radio. So enjoy the rest of your week and please be safe. Take care. Bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.